Welcome to the War is Everything podcast, where we share scripture, discuss the Christian metal scene and music, and help promote lesser-known bands. I'm Zachariah. And I'm Hunter. And we are your hosts. Today's scripture comes from 1 Corinthians 10, and it's verses 31 through 33, which says, So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews, or to Greeks, or to the church of God. Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, that they may be saved. Mm. Well, here's another impromptu episode of uh, The Topic is Everything. So We were supposed to have a guest tonight, but someone decided not to. Yeah, he won't hear this anyway. <laughs> but uh, things happen. It sounds like he's dead. Oh, yeah, I'm here again. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, welcome. Keebler's back. It's, we it's try to me. get him whenever we can. Keebler. <laughs> it's a me, a Keebler. So, yeah, so today uh, we have a very specific topic. I'll actually let Zachariah intro it because he's actually the one who responded in our Discord about this. So someone in our Discord a couple days ago, maybe it was yesterday, I don't know, days run together right now, but uh, had asked the question, well, more ask for prayer because they were concerned. They've been very anxious about it lately and very worried and trying to figure out what their purpose in life is. So that made me think, you know, we ask Christians, what is our our purpose in life? And I I did answer in our discord, but we're going to go a little bit more into detail about that topic. Yeah. So one of the the first points uh, that we have is um, we want to talk about the calling of Christians. So the calling on people's life in general. And uh, when I was looking up stuff on this, unfortunately it came up where, uh, (laughs) you know, when you go to search something in YouTube and you look up like God's calling in my life and all of a sudden you get all (laughs) these prosperity preachers. It's like, that was like every response. I'm like, okay, well let's look up a a specific channel because, uh, uh, not that I'm a huge Piper fan, but John Piper is relatively decent. Desiring God yeah. is a good, uh, good podcast, good uh, news source, whatever you know, whatever you want to call it. And they do it, I think, daily. So they have a question daily where he answers it in like ten to fifteen minutes. Um, and so I was looking that up, and I found some Desiring God stuff that was talking about the calling in someone's life. So you know, at least a reputable source. I just want to bring up what good podcasting it is to say, like, yeah, to research this podcast, I looked up other podcasts, and now I'm going to regurgitate what they said. Well, I mean, generally. So, <laughs> yeah, like, remember Good Will Hunting when the guy was just, like, regurgitating stuff from his textbooks, and and uh, Matt Damon's character comes up, he's like, what are you going to do, regurgitate the next thing you hear next year, and then goes off on the tangent? Yeah, Ben Stiller comes back. Was that who was Ben Stiller? I can't remember who it was. Who was that? Anyway, he was like, my guy's wicked smart. That's what this whole thing reminds me of right now. Well, I mean, it's it was more of looking, where do I need to be pointed in scripture? That was generally what I was looking at uh, mm-hmm. for for this. I don't normally sit there and listen to podcasts in order for, in order for us to do this podcast. Uh, I don't have time for that. Um, but this was the thought. So uh, the calling of, uh, of the Christian. So what is the calling of all believers? Like, what is the one thing that all believers have in common? We all believe in Christ. <laughs> That's death, what I was thinking. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. It's, it's uh, we are called out of death 
the sin uh, that binds us to death specifically. Okay. So that is the calling of all Christians. Every Christian has this calling in their life. Um, and so that's, not, I guess, not necessarily related to the original question, but we'll get to that part uh, specifically. Um, but yeah, so the calling of all believers is out of sin, mm-hmm. out of the death that uh, binds us to hell and damnation, but uh, to a life that brings us to Christ and reconciliation with the Father. So that's the first thing that... Uh, you'd want to look at. Um, and it starts in first Corinthians one, which is the section that I was looking at, uh, for Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God for the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. So it's, it's, basically just pointing towards how there's going to be people who do believe and who don't believe, which is what solidifies the calling of all Christians to belief and what uh, brings us out of, out of our death in sin. Mm-hmm. Another part that's a calling is a uh, covenants. We don't see covenants a whole lot anymore in the Christian life, except for one, uh, one situation. And that would be marriage. Right. So for those who are called to marriage, that is a calling in the Christian life that uh, is very specific and actually is the only covenant that remains in the New Testament, apart from what God does by himself. Okay, so you are, so you you wouldn't consider the, uh, the position that we're in in the world with the gospel of Christ and the resurrection and the forgiveness of sins to be the new covenant? Or are you just equating it to like... Yeah, so it's not... I'm not discounting the New Covenant is what I'm saying. Right. Okay, right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Sorry, just want to clear things up there to find some terms. No, within the New Covenant, we have... I mean, we've had the marriage covenant since Adam and Eve, technically. Right, right. Um, But the New Covenant, that's it's apart from that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm talking about we don't sit here and like Aaron and Moses, we don't go up to a mountain and say, God, we will do this if you do this. Right. Yeah. We don't so, do that anymore. We don't sacrifice. We don't grain offer. We don't yep. set up tents of meeting. Well, I guess we kind of do, but um, yeah. The, okay. I get what you're saying. Sorry. So no, you're good. I, and it's an important thing to distinguish. So yeah, I think glad. it's like, for me, it's like, okay, if I, I was a little lost in what you were saying, there probably should define it for some viewers. Yes. <laughs> I so. can see you like sitting there, like the wheels yeah. turning in your head, the squirrel <laughs> trying to pedal as fast as it can. You got to explain yeah. it to him quicker. He's going to start doing <laughs> vocals. Yeah. <laughs> go uh go from uh, confused looks to just pig squeals because hunter won't shut up <laughs> so so marriage is one that's important to note and the i guess the difference and when i said covenant um obviously i, I wasn't meaning that i'm i'm countering the new covenant but uh concerning things like vocation like as a a person who works at a church I'm not under any covenant to work at a church for the rest of my life. Right. You're just under contract to work for a time, right? Correct. So the things that we do are time-based, the exception being marriage, because that one is across our entire life. Right. As long as, as long as we hold to what we consider the actual marriage or covenant of marriage to be Mm -hmm. um, biblically speaking. So that's a, that's the second calling of a Christian life. And the third one is, it's a broad scope, but uh, the general idea is fruitful service under God. 
Okay, so, so Christian charity, basically, yes. in, in a lot of ways. And maybe that doesn't encompass all of it. So yes. what could uh, what could fruitful service mean? So definitely grace and charity. That's, that's one okay. of the main points. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeking the needs of others, as we talked about in the opening scripture. Right. Um, Taking vocation. care of the widows and the orphans. Yes, yeah. So that's, yep. I would consider that all under grace and charity. Thanks. Sure, you're right. Yep. Uh, vocation would be under this. Uh, God calls us to certain jobs at certain times in our life so that we may experience him or uh, share him with others in ways that we wouldn't be able to otherwise. Right. So, uh, yep. I often say that is, uh, you know, it's like not everybody's called to be a pastor, apostle, uh, prophet, evangelist, a teacher. Not everybody's called to be a Sunday school teacher. Not everybody's called to be a musician, but there's anointed school bus drivers. There's anointed cafeteria workers. There's anointed gas station clerks and toll booth operators and all the works because it's the spirit of the Lord that flows through us. And he can affect anybody anywhere at any time. So I think a good, I think for the people who are confused, like, Hey, I have no idea what I'm doing. And, um, I don't know what purpose is. And, um, a good starting place for that is always that your identity is firmly rooted in Christ and the sacrifice of Christ. And um, I was painting, sorry, staining a pergola a couple of weeks ago uh, and the neighbor to this house uh, has a terminal stage four cancer, bone cancer. And I, he's an awesome guy, cuts his grass three times a week. Uh, it was just really nice. And I found myself sitting up on top of the pergola and just praying over him. And I, I said, God, would you heal him? And I know, I know you can, and I know you would be willing, but would you do it? Not because of the righteousness of this guy. Uh, I said his name in the prayer, but out of sure. uh, secrecy, I won't say it, um, but because of the righteousness of your son. And, and so that's a way that, like, I don't always like building things or painting things, or I'd rather be playing music and, and teaching and preaching. Um, but that's a way that we can surround ourselves uh, with the mundane and impact in a way. Do, do I know mm-hmm. if he's going to be healed? I don't know. That's not up to me, but uh, able to talk to the homeowner about Jesus. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I was painting a couple of weeks before that I was painting a bathroom and got to, uh, I had a two words of knowledge for two people of the children of the homeowners. And I was dead on accurate and got to pray for them. And, and I was painting bathrooms, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, the, the, so just for those people who are confused, just like he's going to be just as close to you um, as you are to the mundane always, that's forever going to be there. Something do that I had mentioned in my response to, uh, mm-hmm. the guy in our discord is that yeah. so many people are looking for some grand purpose, like, you know, for an, the example I use is blue fire horizon. Let's say 10 years from now, we are the biggest metalcore band out there. We're touring the world, playing in front of thousands of people every night, right? Collapse will. Just <laughs> okay, the second second biggest. Yeah, second, second, second biggest. Okay. But you, you get my point. And yeah. during during the set, I you know get the chance two minutes, ten minutes, five minutes, thirty seconds, whatever, to share the gospel with these thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Right. And I had the, the chance to plant a seed mm-hmm. for those people. But the the fact is those two minutes aren't gonna do a whole lot unless they go back home and they have that guy that they're spending eight hours a day with at work that can disciple them and help them right. and help grow that seed. So like everyone wants to find that, you know, grand purpose and that way that they can like mass influence people. But the fact of the matter is you at home with your coworkers or not at home with your coworkers, but you know, at work with your coworkers, your friends, your family, who you're seeing for hours a day, 
all the time, you have way more influence on those people than oh, I yeah. ever will. Yeah. The Christian life is, is primarily of like uh, prayer, read the word, be a part of a local church, submit under authority, spread the gospel wherever you go and build bridges. Like we're just bridge builders. It's what we do. Uh, and I noticed throughout my life that like, either I plant the seed, it shows like you're talking about, which I've done several times, or I have the opportunity to be the last guy of about 50 that talk to someone about Jesus. Let's sit, use the arbitrary number 50. Um, and, and they're ready then and there. Um, but so we, we we're like Isaiah, we're willing, you know, here I am, Lord, send me in. And I don't want to ICG that scripture too much, but I feel like we can pick up that, that, um, that heart position and say that I'm just willing to, in spite of how scared I am or how bashful I might be, um, we ought to serve him and, and serve him in all that we do. And it's not to say that having fun is a bad thing. That's not to say that like, if you're like me, been disc golfing for 14 years, I love to go out and disc golf. I can minister to somebody on the disc golf course. So like God wants us to enjoy life, uh, but we also must serve, serve him. And, um, it's a beautiful thing to behold. So I would dare you, whoever's listening to this, uh, the next time you have kind of a check in your stomach, so to speak, if you know that term, or you have a feeling in your stomach, like I'm supposed to talk to this person, why don't you just go talk to them? The best way to start like serving in a higher capacity um, is to is the descent into servitude to others. You know, I think um, I was just sitting here thinking, about uh, a show we had played at a bar here in Fond du Lac. And it was the Fond first. Who? Yeah, Fond du Lac. That's where wow. I live. Hello. Yeah, Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Anyway, and it was the first show we had ever played at a secular venue. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I know that it is my responsibility to share Christ from the stage. You know, whether it's five minutes of preaching or 30 seconds, just making sure that the people that are there know. You know, right. And it, I was like, I was nervous about it. I'm like, these people, most of them probably don't know, probably don't care, probably don't want me to say it. You know, they don't want to hear it. And it was an odd feeling that as soon as I said, you know, all of us up are on this stage are Christians and I want to share this with you. And I got a couple of boos, right? Oh, yeah. People booing me. And like, as soon as I heard it, I was like, ha, I kind of like it. <laughs> right. Like, if that's weird, you know, like that the booze almost I don't really know how to describe it but Julia it was fire about what the haters hate you know what I mean <laughs> bro you gotta get it it reminds me of watching a for today back it's 2010 2011 and he, Maddie gave a gospel presentation somebody was like thanks for wasting my time and Maddie turned around and looked at him and goes my pleasure and then they started the next <laughs> song <laughs> it's just wonderful um one of the next things that we can look at uh, in <clears throat> fruitful service of God is the gifts of God. And so yeah. <laughs> I know, of course, Keebler gets to get excited about this one. Um, but this goes for anything, you know, gifts of the spirit, but also including, but not limited to aptitudes for things. Right. Or even uh, the individuality of a person. Uh, so concerning the individu individuality of a person, I might not be the best at one thing, but if Zachariah is good at it, we're looking at Romans 12, that's going to be uh, an area where he can cover, you know, concerning the bride of Christ in totality. 
that doesn't excuse me from things that need to be done concerning the gospel, making disciples, all those things. But this is another thing where we, we rely on the gifts that God gives us and actually kind of use those as a guiding, uh, guiding path for what it is that, uh, that we're supposed to be doing. Obviously, for the three of us here talking, music is 99% that thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's, that's going to be a commonality between the three of us. You know, if one of us is missing from something musically, the other person at least has the potential to fill in in that spot. But, uh, you know, if, if Keebler couldn't paint and I happened to be around for whatever reason, I could do it, but I'd suck at it. Right. So there's, you know, these things that we can, um, as the entire body work together in our individuality and the way that God created us and use those differences for the, um, for the continued, uh, deliverance of the gospel. But there are going to be things that get in the way. Like if Zachariah decides to be stubborn again, or if I decide to get angry at somebody, or I don't even know if Keebler is Keebler. That's if enough I of an issue. If I decide to call a congregant a Karen, again. don't do don't do that again. Yeah. So Karens are the worst. I swear. <laughs> but I mean, those those are the things. So like we we have moments where we can step in and you know that's more of a correction between each other kind of thing. But uh, for the situation, right. obviously, if we're all decent at speaking, but for, you know, for yeah. the sake of the argument, say that Keebler didn't know how to speak in front of anybody. Obviously I would not put him in front of a church to do all that stuff. You know, if he was able to sing great, but then I would do the speaking, Zachariah would do the speaking, whatever it is, the pastor would do it. That's the point. So we right. play off of strengths and all that while maintaining individuality without uh, prioritizing comfort in the person itself. Yeah. Something that I, I would agree with that 100%. And something that I would add to that is there are some denominations or some ways that you can grow up within uh, Christianity that kind of make you feel like gray matter. Like you have to blend into this uh, uh, pseudo-religious soup and become nothing, kind of like the Stoics in a way. Mm, yeah. And and I, I know we brought that up a couple of times, but there's churches that I've been a part of where it's like, oh, don't dress like that. Don't, um, which I think there's a limit to that. So don't think I'm saying that there's, you know, immodesty is a good thing. Um, but uh, you can't wear skinny jeans, right? That was one I used to hear a lot. You can't wear skinny jeans. Um, can't have the blue stripe in your hair because that was like the under oath days. So I had big long bangs and blue stripe in my hair and it was a good time. <laughs> and and uh, oh, you also had to speak in tongues or you were saved. Like you were put in, it, you were put in this box and so like individuality was like stripped from you, but there is such a uniqueness to each of us, like Zachariah's hairline, super unique. And I'm just kidding. And but like each of us, he, like we he love picked the wrong things. day for that too, because I just <laughs> noticed today, like there's a little tiny bald patch right here. And Don't I'm like, well, I got to cover that up. I'll show you <laughs> right there. Um, so, but anyway, like each of us are so unique and, and scripture actually talks about in paraphrase that if you delight yourself in him, he will give you the desires of your heart. I mean, he put those things there. Mm -hmm. And um, so like whether we're artists or we're good speakers or we're orators or, or we're writers or musicians or a great evangelist or really strong in business, like all of those things can be used in so many different ways. Um, and the best way to enter into that is just remember that we're sons and daughters first before we are anything. 
Another point to what Zachariah said uh, is listening to counselors, and this is Proverbs 11, if you want to look that up. I'm not going to read all of them because I have so many scripture references that if I did, we wouldn't make our time limit today. But uh, yeah, so in Proverbs 11, it talks about listening to counselors, that it's it's wise to seek the counsel of others. No Christian does anything alone. So, And this is where I push specifically for uh, as much as you can a church council or elders, you know, an eldership of some sorts uh, with the pastors, whatever it may be, there should be some form of not only accountability, but a, a representation that allows uh, the church congregants to go to them in these times of need right. to present things and say, you know, it seems like God is presenting this job offer in my life or, you know, this change of pace or whatever it may be, or I need to sell my house and give to the poor, whatever it is, there should be the church elders in your church congregation to be able to meet with you and say, Hey, we think this is a fantastic idea, fantastic idea or fantastic well, idea. It's <laughs> I was trying to say, or at the same time, or it's the worst idea you've ever had. You should probably not do that. Not do that. Right. And scripture says, I mean, just to add this in there scripture says that if any of you are sick bring them to the elders and it will anoint them with oil pray for them and they'll be and they'll be well and so like if that is the standard of which we should strive towards and always do according to scripture um have our leaders pray for us too why not everything yep. else like mm -hmm. one of the things that i've never had in my life up until recently is a mentor i you i guess i used to have one for a little bit his name was omer and i still talk to him every now and again scary accurate prophetic guy like in his 80s he's amazing but at my current church where i'm at now um the worship leader there and one of the pastors pastor john beauchamp uh has really impacted my life just on like just being with him spending time with him watching him uh seeing how he interacts with people how he deals with problems um the type of grace and compassion so like there's a lot of things that i'm gleaning from john that I've never been able to get from anywhere, including my own dad, though I love my dad deeply and I get a lot of my speaking mm. abilities from him. But it's I would agree that it's really important to have uh, someone you trust in church leadership um, to walk and do life with. Yep. Uh, we already kind of said this, but uh, pray. Pray yeah. for wisdom and everything. And if you, if you go to your church elders, if you are considering you know, a vocation change, if you're trying to do all these things, trying to, to give in, you know, whatever situation you may be in, if you're trying to find a way to be useful, but you haven't started with prayer, I have mm. a deep concern for what you're actually trying to do. And I don't mean that in a, like, you're not a Christian concern. It's more of a, like, what's your end goal? Like, where, where were you looking? What's the, you know, so. I have to get a praise break going on. Hey, <laughs> man, no. Get the so. organ going, bro. You're <laughs> preaching. Get him a sweat rag. Let's go. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things. And I, I think we are going to get to a point where this has to be a slogan on, the, on a shirt somewhere. But right. like, if prayer is not the foundation of all that you do, then I really don't know what you're doing. Right. Agreed. And I mean, you know, that, ee, ah, conviction with me because you know, wax and wanes. It seems like my prayer life is really strong and then it just dips for a little while and it's really strong. So I'm, I'm in a bit of a valley season myself. Though. I'm not going to act so like I'm any for, different. So it's right, for me exactly. too. <laughs> All of us, it's a continual thing. That's why sanctification is a daily process and his mercies are new every morning. All right. Last point on the calling of a Christian uh, concerning the fruits of uh, service in under God. 
And that is that, understand this in very, very specific context here. God gives us certain desires in our, in our thoughts and in our minds because it is the Holy Spirit trying to guide us down whatever that path may be. Zachariah Keebler and I are not entirely sold on music because we think it's a fun hobby. We think, uh, you know, I don't want to say we've been convinced in a like brainwashing type of way, but I believe that the Holy Spirit has brought us to a point where we absolutely believe that this is the best way that we can minister. No, I've as... absolutely been brainwashed. Okay, Zachariah is brainwashed. You can thank the conservative <laughs> right for that one. No, um, but that's that's my thought, and it was the one of the points that even John Piper made. As you look at the Christian life, you know if if you try to ignore what God wants for you to do, if He's given you certain gifts, if He's done these certain things, and then you sit there and say, "Well, I don't I don't really know if that's what it's supposed to be." Like, well, have you tried actually doing all the rest of these things concerning it? Have you looked up? what the local job scene looks like for what you're, you think you might be doing. Have you tried looking to find places you can serve for um, the grace and charity part? Have you gone to your elders? Have you been praying about it? All these things, if you've done these things and you've, you know, done the due diligence of us as humans on this side of uh, salvation, mm. I think that that then we at least set ourselves up for what God is trying to do with us. Not that it is on our own works to do any of it, but uh, God sent Jonah. Jonah said no, died, brought back to life, said, okay, now are you going to do it? And like, yeah, but I'm not happy about it. I guess. <laughs> yeah. And then he went and did it anyway, and then you're still pissy about it. But that's the point. So like right. we, it, ministry is going to happen no matter what. But the thing yeah. is, God's, God's going to use you or he's going to use somebody else. That doesn't really matter. Right. So, and, I, and, and the chances are just like overwhelming. I mean, he will always try to call us in and, and, and there might be times of correction. And if you are in a time of conviction and correction, know that that's a good thing because it says that God only disciplines those he loves. And, and, and so like, it's a, a good thing that a father disciplines his children. And so that's a great thing to happen. And, and to add to your point that um, it is not a sovereign act of God that I can go onto a job site and build a two-story house, but I can't build the second story unless I build the first one in the foundation mm -hmm. first, uh, the first story. And so I think about it that way. It's like, okay, I have to pray. I, I have to know who my God is. I have to study to show myself approved. Um, and that's one of the biggest problems we face nowadays in the Western church is biblical illiteracy. We have yep. no idea who God is and we have no idea what we believe only what our pastors puke out on stage. And some of it's pretty rough. Mm -hmm. And so like a good place to start, like you're saying is prayer. There's the most beautiful times of my life and still remains to this day, even though I've seen miracles, even though I've seen miracles in my own life uh, that God has done in me, that's my testimony. But the beautiful, peaceful times when I lay in my hammock and I'm looking up through the leaves and I'm just in wonder and awe. Uh, over his creation and the things that he does. Um, and then, and then he speaks and, and we read his word and there's revelation and we read it again. And there's more, there's a whole world of wonder and experience um, in relationship to have. So 100% prayer foundation. And second Timothy two 15 show, uh, study to show yourself approved by God. That's, that's, right. that's uh, 
with the whole illiteracy comment. My man just comment. straight looked up that address to sound I, super scholarly. I had to. I seriously had to. I could not <laughs> I didn't remember. remember it either, man. That's okay. So closing point on this, because I know we're trying to maintain but maintain a timeline, unlike usual. Um, yeah. So this is my closing thought on the calling of Christians. God desires holiness in your life above all for you to be like him. That's what holiness is. And in order for you to be like him, that requires following his prompting by the Holy Spirit, understanding of his holy word, and faith in Christ. These culminate culminate in the actions and life being lived out by a Christian in whatever capacity God has decided, whatever vocation, financial status, or lack thereof, or any other variable. So that's my closing thought on the calling of a Christian. Amen to that. I literally have nothing to add. So second point, because we're trying to hit like three major points here. Uh, Second question, why do we exist? And no, that's not rhetorical. Uh, Two things. One, he didn't need us. He wanted us. Therefore, we exist. Number two, we exist to honor him, to glorify him, and to exalt his name. And to be stewards of the earth. You want to add a third option to that second part? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Q part A, part B, part C. I mean, part C. I mean, I can probably think of something else, but try Zachariah. to give room for Zachariah to talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why do he, Christians exist? He said what I was going to say. What All do right. you want me to say? <laughs> something better, smarter. Oh, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> smarter. Smarterer. Anyone, anyone that's listened to this podcast for any length of time knows that you both are smarter than I am. <laughs> well, Zachariah was day. put here to struggle with his high screams because of pseudo allergies that he claims, air quotes, <laughs> exist. Yeah, birds don't even <laughs> exist. So what makes you think allergies <laughs> exist? Birds work for the bourgeoisie. That's what it is. Hey, but I told Hunter this before the podcast. I finally have a doctor's appointment to get that looked at. That's true. So I bet you're going to one of those people that does like Reiki and essential oils. Damn it. He knows. I'm going to have to like amplify that in the podcast. Okay. So I think Kibler kind of covered the main points of, of why a Christian exists, but it's a question that, I think everybody asks themselves, Christian or not. I think everybody wants to know, why do I exist? Um, And for the people who I, I don't want to say spiritual as like a a general, like new age spirituality, but kind of, um, I think that everybody that wants to be purposeful in their life believes that if they knew what the bigger picture was, that they would be more beneficial to the, to the situation. And I think Christians fall into this far more often than they realize where they're like, you know, if, if only I could know more about what God's plan was, then I could help. And like, God's like, uh, no, that's the whole point. I don't want you to know anything. <laughs> I think so. Something that just popped into my head. Totally. A little off, but I'm just going to talk. So in, uh, Avengers Endgame. Well, um, actually, Nerd. I guess it's no spoilers. In Infinity War, ha, it's been off for like a million years by now. Anyone that wants to see it has seen it. But anyway, in no, in Infinity War, Doctor Strange says that he's viewed. I don't remember like ten million different scenarios in how this fight could go down, and they win one of them. And Iron Man asks him, "Well, 
what happens? And Doctor Strange says, if I tell you, it's not going to happen. And then fast forward to Endgame, they win with Tony Stark, Iron Man, sacrificing himself for the rest of them. And had he known that he was going to have to make that sacrifice ahead of time, chances are he would have tried to avoid that happening. And I think my point is that if we Christians know what the 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 path that God has for us is, what God's plan is, we might look at something at that path and say, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Sounds gross, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, you know, so us not knowing what the plan is, I'm sure oftentimes keeps that plan in place, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Could be. We're human and we're fickle and we like to screw things up. As most certainly for people who have been martyred for sharing the gospel. Yeah. I'm sure a lot yeah. of them would have shared the gospel anyway, but there probably were some of them that if they had known that, that was the ending that they'd be suffering, probably would have made some different life decisions. Like good old Stephen Stone. See what I did there? <laughs> Not funny, but funny. It's funny in like a nerdy biblical sense. Yeah, it is. So, no, and I totally agree with Zachariah. I think, and I guess this follows the same quote that I've said before, God factored in our stupidity when when he made us. So he knew that all these things were going to happen. And I think sometimes he intentionally allows the stupidity because it it teaches us lessons that we wouldn't learn otherwise. And, you know, sometimes those lessons are harder than others. And that's that's fine. That's going to happen. Um, that's not to say that God is sadistic and wanting to watch us all suffer. Right. I think that speaks to his kindness more, more than to supposed narcissism, Mm -hmm. uh, that some people would, uh, ascribe to God. Um, I just think of my dad. So don't do that. All right. I still think about it. I wouldn't do that. It's going to hurt and do it. And it hurts. He's like, well, what did I tell you? Let's fix you up. Yep. It's quite simple. So I, I think Christians absolutely get in their heads about it and, you know, whether they like to or not subconsciously get ahead of themselves in a way where they, they think that they could be a better part of the situation if they knew more, which I, I don't agree is the case. Um, but we all want a life that holds significance and has glory um, to feel like we participate in God's plans overall. You know what I mean? Yep. So we we all want to feel like we have a significant part. We all kind of want to be at least in the main party of the storyline of, of life. So like I play a lot of video games. I think Zachariah used to. I know Keebler does. Like, oh, yeah. Especially concerning like Final Fantasy games. There, There's this or RPGs of any kind, really, role-playing games, where you are a, a certain character throughout a game's storyline it makes you feel like the main character, which, you know, Christians should never have main character syndrome because it's not about us, but we all have a desire to some degree to be part of that bigger, better thing. We always want to be a part of the winning team, the thing, the part of the team that does something, you know, like the guys who play football or flag football, whatever in, in high school, middle school and during gym class and they're the ones who don't do anything but the guys who are playing who are totally kicking butt like they get all the accolades right, right. it's it's not the not the guys who sit and do nothing so sure we all want to be the people who are doing something 
but I would argue that God isn't always wanting us to be doing something. Yeah, you can force his hand. And it's not usually pretty because he'll let you try to push and push and push and push him and let you go your own way. And you think it's what God's doing. And then it comes to ruin. And he goes, that's not the way I wanted you to go. Go this way. Yep. So, so, but it's not about, uh, it's not about being a good Christian. It's really not about like the title Christian. Like mm-hmm. it's more or less about being a good listener. I got to be quiet enough to listen. Are we humble enough to let him speak? That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. That's, that's a bad time to bring it up on a podcast where all I do is talk. Right. Now I feel like I can't talk. See, that's what, that's that's why I just sit here quiet 90% <laughs> oh, of the time. Oh, come on, Mr. Man Bun. You got this. <laughs> Top so, not. So we asked, why do we exist? But I think, yeah. so we as humans, I don't want to say we're secondary, but as far as creation goes, Jesus was not created. But in the, the human experience, he came down to experience that just as we do. So yeah. I think it's important for us to also ask, why was Jesus created? Or not created. Why did he exist? Sorry, that's the word. Oh, that's an easy one. Solely to be the bridge back to Yahweh the Father. Only. That's why he came. And in doing that, what did he do? He paid the penalty for sin and death. I mean, he paid it. It's literally a judge's ruling. Mm -hmm. The type of grammar that they use in the Greek that is when the, I can't remember the exact term, but what it means is is something like, okay, I have a car fine, and um, my dad went in and paid my fifteen hundred dollar ticket for me, and I'm free to go. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. So God entered the world under His own rules, under His own law, was obedient to Himself, found it was the <laughs> only way to get us back to Him. So He came as Jesus, fully man, fully God, died in our place for the forgiveness of sins and for the redemption of mankind so that we might spend eternity back with him. And I would argue that the final piece of that puzzle is that in doing all of that, he brought glory to God. Oh, amen. You don't have to argue that whatsoever. Yeah. No, that's so, yes, that too. So that, that was my ultimate point. I mean, to simplify it down to its smallest potential thing, Jesus came to glorify God. And in so doing, he did all of those things and reconciled us. Yep. So that's Amen. that's something that I think we need to uh, be asking when we when we're considering the uh, the permanence, the importance, all these things about our own existence. Why did Jesus exist? It was because he was there to glorify God. And so, if we are to be like Christ, then shouldn't we then also live in all aspects to glorify God? <clears throat> yes <laughs> absolutely yeah so uh, a good point is uh, if you as you read through the entire Old Testament everything that God did the judges he appointed the prophets that he named all you know all these things that happened the the kings that he brought into power he did it all for his own glory as well yeah. Same, same with Jesus, same with the, the killing of all the, the apostles, the same with everything that continues to go on. God does everything to his own glory. And that's, you know, another point that the atheists like to take and say, well, he's just, you know, he's just all about himself. And like, if I was God, I'd be all about myself too. It's pretty cool. Like, I I'd, mean, maybe we don't have, we, we can't understand or fathom even anywhere near it. 
I yeah, we we understand it in a limited human uh, experience where we say anything that is uh, well, and, and I don't really understand this because even the side that would claim uh, the narcissism of God is also the same side that uh, recognizes everything about self. Everything is self. Yeah, exactly. It's so extraordinarily like, okay. self-centered. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So anyway, long story short, without demonizing an entire group of people, it doesn't make any sense to call God a narcissist because we don't understand him in any capacity that would allow us to say, yes, he thinks too highly of himself because mm-hmm. we don't think highly enough of him. Right. Right. I mean, let's look, look back at Job. I mean, Job did the same thing and God came down in literal theophany and said, listen, Job, bro, homie, <laughs> could you do this for one day? Could you write this? banger of a record like i do no you can't can you operate the universe for one day can you hold the seas at bay can you keep the tides can you keep the axis of the- no you can't you can't do any of it no it, wow i mean that like is is labor intensive as reading job is that's like blew my mind when i comprehended what was happening there like job was complaining so like oftentimes when i complain to god now i'm like i really don't have a right to be doing this mm-hmm. questioning you and your authority and your goodness and your, and your justice and your knowledge and your wisdom and uh, have mercy on me, a sinner. Yep. Um, I think we find our hearts and minds changing when we pray for the will of God. Yep. So again, back to prayer. I mean, that's, we're constantly going to be coming back to that, but when our prayers change from, God, my wife needs this and no, thank you for the, you know, I mean, not that thanking God is bad, but when we stop and we say, yes, God, I know this situation and I personally wish it was this, but your will be done. I want you to be glorified. I want this to be about you, not about me and my comfort and my, my joy, not nothing about me is important right now. God, just let it be what you want it to be and bring me out of, um, out of it in a way that you want me to be, you know, whatever changes need to happen. And uh, I think Mm -hmm. we see that most accurately when Jesus teaches the disciples how to pray. And that's um, the Lord's prayer is I consider very important, but I I consider it a, uh, a foundation to prayer. Not, I mean, though I do recite it regularly, it's not one that I would say that if, if you were trying to pray daily, yeah, sure, use it. But I think if you don't build off of it, then it's not super helpful. Um, but the the line specifically in his verses 9 and 10 um, of Matthew 6, uh, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So those three sections alone, just hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Mm-hmm. When, we're, when we're praying hallowed be thy name, it's uh, a proclamation of, glorifying God, bringing holiness and and righteousness uh, to all situations concerning him who is above all righteous. And so when we, when we pray that type of thing, we're basically praying, destroy sin get rid of iniquity, remove all, all the crap and the chains and everything that holds that's so that's the thing that I think we really need to realize when we're praying those things that we're not just saying, you know, nonsense words, or we're not just trying to sound smart necessarily. I think right. it's, I think it's more important that we understand what the message is. So agreed. When, when we say those three things, hallowed be thy name, 
thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We're praying that God would come and do immeasurably more than we ever could imagine to do by ourselves or even all together as the, Christ, uh, the body of uh, the bride. So I don't know. Any thoughts on that one? Well, it's a, the way that I don't recite that prayer. I never really have. I found it useless and not helpful um, to just recite it in vain for me. Um, but what I do is I look at that and I use it as a template like you have on Google Docs or Excel spreadsheet templates to say that, okay, I need a way to pray. And it's a way that I realign. I think it's how we meant it. I, I think that you can probably pray that prayer and mean it and it will do something. But for me, I go, okay, I need to first praise you mm. out of all things and lift up your name bring you honor and glory sing a song do a good job at work right <laughs> stuff like that and then i uh, i ask to be uh, free from temptation or the sin of the of bondage that i'm in at the moment i pray that his will is done in in spite of how deeply i want something to go in a certain way and i use it as a way to like shoehorn my life into <laughs> or how i pray for others so that's one way that i think you can use it yeah. um is is a roadmap so to speak a prayerful yeah. GPS. And I, I think that's the the viewpoint of most biblical scholars. Right. And it's not to say that, you know, like as Lutherans, uh, we recite the prayer, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we rely on that to be our only way of praying. Right. It's, it's a good way to ingrain in ourselves, okay, this is the posture of prayer in the ways that we pray and the things that we mention when praying kind of thing. And mm-hmm. so... Yeah, it's not for everybody to recite it most times, every time, whatever. That doesn't really matter. The point is, it's a good template for how we are Absolutely. supposed to address God. We come before him uh, entirely sinful in, in a way that if we were to approach God in our in a literal sense, we would be destroyed in a matter of seconds because the sin within us cannot survive with God in our presence. And so right. with that, we either are cleansed, which is by the blood of Christ, or the opposite, if we aren't under the blood, we're absolutely just obliterated. So I'm thankful that I'm probably not in that category, but uh, can't yeah. guarantee anything for anybody. So that's Amen. that's a good uh, a good thing to consider when we're when we're prayerful about all this, uh, mm-hmm. when we're wrestling with why do we exist, and we're you know we talk about why Jesus existed. And all these things in the glory of God, we were brought to him by his son that we might be made right again. And we were on the cross 2000 years ago. Yes, we were. So, and you can too, atheist <laughs> that is listening with uh, just three simple payments of 1999. <laughs> three simple payments of 1999. That's right. No, sorry. No. I thought that we were going Billy Mays route here. All right. <laughs> sorry. Oh man. Um, a question to consider when we are uh, when we are looking for something that we've done because we we're talking about the significance, we always want to be a part of something bigger, better, whatever else. Yeah. Um, and not to say that this entirely can detail how effective you are as a Christian or even um, validate your faith. I'm not trying to say that necessarily, but if you want to concern yourself with what you've done as a Christian 
and uh, why you're around, I think you have to ask yourself, how have I made God more known to those I encounter in the areas of God that, uh, that he has me if I hadn't existed at all? Is there an impact between the two? So, because if we don't have an impact, then I think we have been either complacent or lazy. Is that redundant? Complacent a little bit. And lazy, but I get it though. Um, in fact, one, uh, one word I had, I was used to go to this church, Life Christian Church. I'll gladly say their name because uh, they are so uh, violently uh, in opposition to the word of God. Uh, I had a word that I had shared from the stage during worship. The Lord spoke so clearly. He said, I've called you to be a powerful people, not a complacent people. And, and one of the major things that I've seen um, is we don't do anything. We sit on our blessed assurance and, and, mm. and we just wait for the sweet by and by when we don't have an impact in anybody else's lives. And I, I think that's shame on us because mm. we, we are the hands and feet of God. And that's not trying to be cliche, but we are, uh, we are called to many things. Jesus said, you will do these same things and greater. It's, it, it's through him. It's because of him. It's by him that we do it. So staying focused is something, staying vigilant and not growing weary of doing good, which so many of us have done. Some of us are even going through that now. And I can say for sure that I just got out of a season of going, man, I am tired. Mm-hmm. And, and so whether we need a mentor, whether we need to pray more, whether we need to just simply take a nap and eat a snack to feel better, it happened in scripture, look it up. Um, supernatural Seven <laughs> Eleven Tostitos Rollers. That's <laughs> what it is, bro. That's, That's what ridiculous. It is. <laughs> So, uh, man, it, it is an honor, guys, to to serve the Lord and, uh, and and to speak His name and and to be able to approach Him in boldness, as Scripture says. Therefore, approach the throne of grace in boldness. Mm-hmm. That's always been a linchpin bumper sticker to my life, I guess. You um, you mentioned the the passage where where Jesus uh, talks about how. Uh, the disciples will will do works greater than him. And I that was like, uh, wait a moment. Imagine, okay, so just for a moment, I, I hate doing this where you like make yourself a biblical character because that's not how this works. Uh, but for just for a moment, imagine mm-hmm. you are Peter. You're the guy who has been kind of a bumbling idiot for most of the New Testament up until Jesus uh is resurrected i mean okay come on he says some really stupid things he did hey it's me peter i don't know that guy yeah i don't know him or like the the one on the the mount uh where he says uh lord it is good that we are with you or whatever when when the apparitions of uh moses and uh was it abraham yeah uh, so or elijah and abraham sorry. yeah uh, jesus rebuked yeah. him and he's like peter shut up <laughs> like no, no don't what make- he said was yeah. Well, he says, oh, get back from me, Satan. Yeah, it's, so it's all it's, these things. Peter says a lot of dumb things. So anyway, imagine you're Peter, but we're talking like post-resurrection where Jesus had already said that the, the apostles or the disciples were, will do greater things than I. And so he's over here thinking, holy crap, I'm going to do fantastic things. You know, not thinking about himself necessarily. Maybe he was. But then he goes and immediately just absolutely loses his mind on John. You know, yep. just goes, goes off because John did whatever beat him to the tomb, whatever it was. (laughs) And Peter is just, he does that, but that's how we should, 
we should feel because we were given these things and God said that he was going to do more through us. And so now what we do is we take that and we go around and we do nothing. We end up saying, you know, terrible things to the people around us. We mistreat right. our, our coworkers, our wife, our, you know, our, whatever it is, the people around us. And so that doesn't nullify what God has done. Yep. So even in those situations where you say something stupid, do something stupid that you would think discounts you, it doesn't. Nah, it doesn't. It doesn't. And, and that's something that people need to understand is like, we're going to struggle. We're going to fail. Mm-hmm. And that's why grace is so potent. Yep. And like we, I've had a problem in my life of like somehow limiting the ability of Christ's atonement. That's what I'm doing mm-hmm. when I say, oh, I guess I'm not saved anymore. I need to be re-saved. Yeah. It really, are we going to crucify him one more time? Hey, they no. did it four times. Listen, <laughs> enough with your Calvinism. I'm just kidding. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's the haircut. Probably. Probably. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that was that was one of my favorite jokes. I know that's probably irreverent, but... Uh, or, uh, so and it's not it's not as bad as the one that I didn't say that I was trying not to crack up okay. laughing about about Good. five seconds ago. So you're in the clear. <laughs> Good. Don't do that one. But, I won't. Uh, totally or it's the, the agnostic or the atheist that uh, reads the Bible, the New Testament specifically, and uh, asks the Christian. Like, so I get the story of Jesus, but why did they have to kill him four times? just because of the gospels oh you think that one's good i got one for you who was the wealthiest person in the bible hunter oh my goodness (laughs) i don't know is this a literal question solomon i I mean that would technically be correct uh but it was noah uh because he floated his stocks while everybody else was in liquidation (laughs) How how about that how about them apples Catch me at the altar. How about that? That's a, a Christian Reddit joke right there. <laughs> Zach, Zach is done. <laughs> you say catch me at the altar? Yeah, catch <laughs> me at the altar. How about that? <laughs> All right. Uh, it's good to have a little humor, folks. We talk about a lot of heavy stuff. so We do, we do. So I think every time we bring up a, a heavy point, we should talk like it's the 1930s, like for auto light spark plugs. And you'd be like, let me point you to the next scriptures. The scripture for everyone. Jesus for everyone. Salvation for everyone. Come get the Eucharist. <laughs> no. Don't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Before it gets much worse. Yeah. This is the last major point that we want Great. to talk about. Um, and I think that this is something that everybody struggles with at one point or another. Um, in the Christian life, we eventually question our purpose. And I think this is a little different than just asking why we exist uh, because we can ask why we exist at any point. You know, we could be having a great day and just be like, Hmm, why did that happen? Why is, why is life? Um, But when times of tragedy and trial tend to strike, when, you know, you get the news from the doctor that you have a terrible uh, heart disease or you have cancer of some sort or a family member died or, you have unrealized dreams that uh, you feel like God is calling you to, but it continues to be crushed in some way, shape or form at every opportunity that you think is going to be fruitful. Um, Mm -hmm. When these things happen, you know, pandemic, societal change, financial distress, we get to a point where we ask ourselves, why am I even here? And for some of us, it leads to depression, anxiety, um, 
other uh, mental illnesses that, that cause uh, other issues that may result in self-harm or even uh, uh, killing oneself, which is not great. Please do not do that. Um, and as always, when Zachariah and I bring this up, we like to make sure that uh, we mention if you are feeling this way, first of all, find somebody to talk to immediately, preferably a pastor at your local church. If not, you can find all three of us somewhere on social media. We're not that hard to find. Our names are out there. Um, please just look us up. We will respond to those types of messages immediately because uh, we desire life to be saved. So at all, all uh, areas. But <clears throat> the point being is when you get to a point where you have to ask yourself, why am I even still around? What is the purpose of what I'm doing? Why am I here? Um, it usually comes up in a response and that's either a response to grief or uh, tragedy or just other things that are out of our control in a way that makes us feel helpless. But I do want to take just a second to say that <clears throat> there is nothing that is out of God's control. That's right. So when we put our hope in him, and I know that that's, I don't want to make it just one of those, like, well, just trust God and all your problems will go away. Cause that's not always the answer. Not to say that God isn't trustworthy, but to say that you can't say that God is going to just clear all mental illness. Sometimes God does that through medication, through right. a counselor. Sometimes he does that through other, you know, other means that aren't just, you know, praying and reading the Bible. And it's, I think that's not that simple. That's something that messes with a lot of, a lot of uh, Christians and a lot of people. So to go a little off topic there, I have a, a friend of mine that uh, he was raised in the church, walked away probably in his mid-teens, and he's, in his words, tried to get back into a relationship with Christ, but has just never gotten there. And he has... He has, he has issues. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. The guy's got issues. And I asked him, I, got, I went over and was hanging out with him a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. And I asked him, how many times has someone tried to sell you Jesus as the answer to your issues? And he's like, constantly. I'm like, what if I told you that Jesus does not exist to solve your earthly problems? And when I realized that, you know, the, that Jesus doesn't exist for me. Like so many people try to sell you God as like, he's the thing that's going to cure your depression. You're not going to be sad anymore. You're not going to be this or that, or this or that. It's, it happens way too much that people try to sell God as the genie that's going to grant your wishes and yeah. make all the bad things go away. And yeah. Yeah. And sometimes he does fix things. And a lot of times it's in his will to do those things. But sometimes he doesn't. And we don't know why, but he's still good. I mean, the Bible does say that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called yep. according to his purpose. And if you really think about it, the absolute best thing for you right now, Keebler, would be, dropped, would be to drop dead right where you are. That would be the best thing for you. Right? You right. die. You get to go spend eternity with yeah, God. It's, it's that is the best thing that could happen to you. So when we say that God works for good, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, what could be good for you right now could be to drop dead from a heart attack where you are. 
we don't know what is and isn't good for us. So right. to, to sit here and try to say, well, you know, God's not doing good in my life. He's not working things for good. Yeah, he is. You just don't see it. Romans 5, therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character, character, hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Amen to that. And I just want to add too, the best thing for Kiedler's wife might for, be for uh, him to drop dead right now because then she could just find someone better. True. Wow. 100% <laughs> true. But you can, Hunter can have my LTD Alex Wade though when, if I go. Oh, thank goodness. Don't give it to Zachariah. <laughs> he wouldn't do anything purposeful with it. <laughs> so, no. Plays and- guitar like a ham sandwich, Zachariah. <laughs> Uh, that's an insult to ham sandwiches. <laughs> Facts. Unless it's that like dollar store package of ham that smells like butt when you open it up. That's, that's the Even best that's kind. better, I think. It's <laughs> the best kind. Mmm, ham brine. I love it. Oh. Uh, another scripture I thought of was uh, Romans 8.18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. So... Amen. It's just, and I think that there are significant times where we we discredit God trying to change our mind through a, a little more coercive ways. And I, I don't mean that in a, a negative or shady kind of way, but I think God gets to those points like parents do where he's like, okay, I'm going to let you be stupid. Just go be stupid. And when you come back, I'll, I will help you, but uh, you're going to realize what you did was wrong. Right. So exactly. there are those there are those moments, but there are also other considerations when uh, looking at this. And I don't I hate to play the the uh, devil card because I feel like that's a very passive and kind of lame way to excuse sin. But I think that there are absolutely times when uh, all of those situations that I listed earlier, the common factor is deception of the mind. Right. Where we're we're our mind is trying to be turned either by our sinful nature or by, uh, by the devil himself or his workers from fi- being fixed at, geez, being fixed on Christ to being fixed on our own problems. Because when we're fixed on Christ, then we're not too worried about what else is going on because, and I hate to do the weird, you know, pseudo spiritual things, but like the, the light of Christ is far more powerful than, than the things that could blind us from other things, you know, other situations, other problems that we may have. So if we stay fixed on Christ in, in the way that we're living our life, if we're in prayer, if we're reading the scriptures, if we're not in a works-based way, but if we're doing those things, it's hard to uh, miss out on what Christ is offering. And I'll, I'll say it this way. There was a time where I listened to all secular music because I thought it just sounded better and it still does. But the point being uh, when I listened to all secular music, the type of music that I liked lyrically was not exactly biblically sound. Right. So doing that, I found myself in a thinking pattern and in a, you know, a tank of sorts that uh, just kind of reverberated with the same old crap of uh, new age spiritualism and 
you know, things about looking inward to yourself, like the tool songs always do. And it's right. So I got into that. And then I, I told myself at one point, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to download every, you know, CCM album I can currently think of at like, it was like 2015, 2016, whatever. And just listen to that for an entire three months. And that alone changed what I was feeling, who, you know, what I was doing daily significantly because I filled right. my time with Christ rather than filling it with other things. And that's not a legalistic way to say, don't listen to secular music or don't do whatever. But I think there are certain things that are absolutely out of the bounds of our limitations. Right. But you need to understand that the more you fill your life with Christ, the more you're going to be drawn to that. Absolutely. You know, I, I could say the same with music and for my choice of podcasts because I really like true crime. And my number one podcast for five years straight was the last podcast on the left. If any of you know that podcast, mm -hmm. it is rough. They are yep. funny. They are foul. None of them are Christians and they do the best, absolute best um, podcasts about uh, true crime. But then I had a conviction over it and it's like, you need to like, not bro. I was like, all right. So I stopped for a long time and I, it was, in, I just had the best several months and every now and again, I'll pop back in and listen to something and then just listen to how I'm feeling and where my mind's going and, and, I, and I'll pause. But um, I did the same thing with music and with podcasts and you can do that with movies. You can do it with uh, the people you hang around uh, garbage in, garbage out. So yep. you can pull, you can pull a hunter and, and listen to some CCM stuff and constantly be singing, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> this little throwback. Dude, it was come. Now is the time to worship. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it's a good song though. It really is yeah, corny, I, but it's a good song. <laughs> Saxophone solos. You can never beat them. Just a, -da 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 -da. Oh, not, no, 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 no. Oh, I like how we immediately derail because we just start making jokes and then it's gone. It John gone. Calvin would be upset. He's turning his no, grave right now. He wouldn't he wouldn't be upset because we were predestined to go off topic at this, this point. Yep. John Calvin would be like, Well, are you gonna repent and then kill you afterwards? Because that was kind of his thing. Yeah, say so. John Calvin lived in a was it theonomy or theocracy where disobeying God was Equal to, yeah, equal to disobeying the law. So you just got killed. <laughs> yeah, I always make that joke. So, which is why he fled and Ulrich Swingley and all that fun stuff. So anyway, history lesson. Yep. Swingley. Oh, man, that's a topic for another day. That'd be a good topic. Communion. <laughs> Do we really want to get on that? Sure. I mean, it's informative, right? Not today. Yeah. but Okay. A, well, if you want to get on it today, so. you have 17 minutes. <laughs> so i think i think we're good so let's just go back over <clears throat> main points here real quick so there's callings of the christian life there's things that we can do the primary calling is out of uh out of the damnation of sin for all believers we are called out of sin uh for those who are in covenant marriage that is a calling in our lives and then we also have the fruitful services that god calls us into either through our jobs or the people that we interact with or whatever else, the gifts that he's given us. Um, those are fruitful services in ways that we can serve him and interact with the body and fellowship. Amen. Uh, 
our existence is entirely based around Jesus. God did not create Adam and Eve thinking, oh, well, I guess I'll have to fix this later. Like, no, Jesus was already there. He was waiting. That was not, not a reaction. That was just him sending his son. So Jesus exists. We exist for God's glory. Amen. And last point is we all struggle with some things. If you're struggling with depression, suicide, anxiety, find somebody, give them a, a call, give them a text, whatever. If you don't have anybody, Hunter Chapin, Zachariah Turnage, Daniel Keebler McKay, yep. Facebook, find us. Um, we all struggle with something. And unfortunately, it does get to a point where we question our own purpose. And this happens for everybody. But our purpose does not change because of the things that we face. And in fact, the things that we suffer with now cannot compare to the glory that God has for us in our, our death and, and resurrection through Christ. So. Amen. Any closing thoughts, guys? Stay rooted. Stay in prayer. Stay faithful. Don't beat yourself up too much. Be repentant. Stay humble help others. That's what I say. And worship for crying out loud and change your life. It's nothing like talking to Jesus. Well, you Zachariah, what up you old top knot? You got something to close us out with? No. Oh, right. Great. <laughs> All right. Well, do we want to pray then? We've been doing that for the topic episodes. Yeah, let's do it. All right. I'll get us started. All right. Father, we thank you again for convening this group and allowing us to um, bring truth into those who are into the lives of those who are struggling and to those who <clears throat> need to hear all this today and whatever day that they're listening. Uh, we just ask that as we continue to find our purpose, God, that we would seek it in your will. And uh, that we would look to glorify you in all that we are doing, knowing that uh, we will come across times where we don't feel like we are equipped to do the things that we need to be doing, where we feel like we are unable or that we're not worthy or whatever else. But uh, God, remind us of your son's sacrifice on the cross and that his resurrection that brings us the hope of, of all that we have today and the, the reason why we do anything that we do. Father, I pray for... Um the member of our discord and specifically and anyone else that's out there questioning and wondering what their purpose is and that you would uh, help them to understand that regardless of what purpose you have for them, that your desire for them is to simply reach the lost and to bring glory and honor to you. And if it is in your will to show them what specifically you, you have for them, that you would do so. But most importantly, that they would have a peace and understanding that what the specifics of your purpose for them aren't important, but that they simply bring glory and honor to you and everything that they do. Father, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for your attentiveness to us. Thank you for your wisdom. We give you glory and honor, Lord. And Lord, I thank you that uh, you are you are constant. Father, I pray that everybody listening to this podcast uh, whether tomorrow morning or in 10 years from now, God, that you would give them more wisdom and a hunger for your word 
in, in peace in their hearts that only you can give. And God, I thank you for the boys. I thank you for being able to do this podcast and to talk about you and to share the good news and to teach and preach, Lord. Thank you for that gift. And Father, I pray um, that all of us would be at peace this evening and, and through our sleep or work, depending on what we're doing. And God, I pray that you would make something out of this podcast, not, not to glorify us, but to glorify you. And I pray that you would make us continually useful by way of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. I actually got two good song suggestions for uh, today. So we're going to play both of them. So up next, we have Skin and Bones by Fit for a King. And we are also going to play Dry Bones by Collapse Revive. Hey, oh. <laughs> All right. God bless, guys. Peace. You can help support us by heading over to anchor.fm forward slash TWIE pod and clicking on the donate button where you can select one of a few monthly donation rates of $1, $5, or $10. All money helps keep this podcast up and running, as well as supports lesser-known Christian artists. Thank you for listening, and God bless.
Just as I be 